So, friends, here's a Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast Extra. Extra. Josh Cook here is the owner and proprietor of the Corner Perk and the Roasting Room. He owns the entire building. How do mm-hmm. we describe Josh in one sentence? A risk taker and a visionary. How about that? It's great. It's pretty good. Thanks. I'll take it. Good. It's solid. It's a compliment for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Got, I've got respect, it. man. It's Thanks for having me, guys. This is a totally. treat. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I, I can't believe how cool, how amazing Roasting Room has blossomed to be in just a year and a half. It's really come like miles, you know, and so far beyond my imagination, which being a visionary is like kind of hard to beat. You know, like <laughs> I dream as big as I can possibly imagine. Yeah. And, and so to like be in a place where it's beyond that is awesome. And we've got so far to go. Well, clearly the two of you know the story of the roasting room because you've lived it, but I don't. Right. And I think many of our listeners yeah. obviously don't. So take me through that process because I don't know. When you started this thing, sure. Did you was your initial goal, did you say, okay, and then I'm going to have a great small acoustic listening room on top of a coffee house? No. No, not, <laughs> not exactly. at all. No. So how did it happen? So, I mean, it happened similar and differently for both Jordan and I. We both had an idea of what we wanted to do. And uh, for me, you know, we used to have music at the old coffee shop. And I love the idea of having music in a coffee shop. But don't know that much about it. And uh, certainly don't understand sound in a way that Jordan does. But I love design and I love making people happy. And I wanted to do something that was at nighttime and cater to a different audience in a great location, you know, to, to have the contrast between the daytime with the hopes that people would come up here at night and then be like, smell coffee being roasted or something and want to come back the next morning. So we kind of just cycle people yeah. and then have people at the coffee shop that we could market to come to see it, you know, and it's all about for me creating culture. So having Jordan a part of it, I kind of gave him a blank check and said, hey, let's make this as cool as it possibly can be. And so we keep trying to out cool ourselves the whole year that we spend building this thing pretty much and you know didn't really have the imagination to put a bar up here or anything yeah but then we start out with eight bourbons and now it's 20 something times that yeah you know i'm gonna go specific i remember where the stage is now there was a pile of plywood plywood yeah because this room was unfinished right and we you know there was a couple of different ideas to do well let's let's we're gonna put a drop ceiling in and it's gonna be a realty office we're right. gonna rent it out but you're still roasting coffee back in the corner sure yeah we started out actually uh with our two pound roaster roasting our coffee through the window right behind you over nice. there and yeah, right so that's why we end up calling it the roasting room because we actually used to roast coffee up here yeah so and it just sounds like a cool that's a great story. music yeah. and yeah. coffee combo type of thing but i remember standing on top of the pile of the the, the pile of plywood yeah. where the stage would be and i, I remember we were up here yeah we we're like there's all the hurricane shutters wouldn't it be awesome to to have a stage right here and this would be like yep. a venue absolutely let's do it yeah we talked about putting the stage in every different corner of the room and then we finally were just like standing on it like you said yeah and we're like you know what with the ceiling and it just so happened you know, we had awful time putting this roof this way, but it just so happened that it's perfect for the way that the sound works for the yeah. room. The angle of the hip roof makes it a band shell, basically. Yeah. Like you'd go to an amphitheater, and that would be kind of the the, the shape. Absolutely. So it's just, it's just, but it's it's, just it's, perfect. it's a crazy story that, I mean, talk about 
leaping without even seeing a net or even sure. knowing it. I mean, you had to go to an architect initially yep. and say, I want a building. And he said, well, do you want it one story or two stories? And so you, the second story was going to be overflow seating for the coffee or, or just... I just thought that we needed to be in a great location, have two stories, and we would figure out what to do with it well, you later. did, and you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and so it worked you know, out. Everybody told me that we were going to have to rent it out to pay the bills for the coffee right. shop and stuff like this because the plan for moving from here, from our old location, we had to make no less than um, three times to not lose money on this, this business. And we had to make five times to actually have any profit worth talking about. Right. You know, and, and we've exceeded that. We exceeded our first year, which was fantastic. You know, amazing. So but that goes into the risk taking. That is that is oh, yeah. very scary. Sure. Especially yeah, our, our mortgage was multiple times our rent at our old place. I mean it was just people and, and it was in two thousand twelve. We were that was actually when we finished. Uh, well when we started. And you know, nobody was really even able to lend at that point. It was a it was a different time. Well, not only that, but you were in the coffee business, and yeah. you were doing it well in your other locations. Sure, so the idea of doing it five times better right. in a different building that's less than a mile away sure. was a huge leap of faith, man. Well, that's why everybody told me no. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I could see it. You know, I could indicator. imagine it. Even some very smart, important people told me, you're crazy, wait two years, do better come up with a better plan, have better financials, come back. And, and I said, I can't wait because the property won't be there. Well, and you were right. And, and, and if you look right. at it, the way that this whole promenade area has yeah. developed, you were really the first one to put a really beautiful, well-built, sure. you know, retail space in this area that was yeah. way yeah. ahead of the game. Well, I wanted to put up, just as a small example, um, the fire torch lamps on the front of the building. Which most people, when they were trying to cost savings, my right. building, were like, take those out. They're expensive. Your gas is going to be so much per month. And I was like, no, it's a great look. We need to have that warm, inviting downtown feeling. And if you notice, the roost and the farm next door have both put in the same or similar right. you know, lighting to match that feel. And we put in these cool, big wooden doors. And then if you look around Promenade, like everybody is putting those in now. It's so. it's real like kind of palmetto bluffy in a yeah, way. Totally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is right. Well, yeah. and it's funny you say that because when I would was imagining dreaming up the place and the architecture and everything, I would take the boat over because we used to live on the river um, to palmetto bluff and just walk around and get ideas. And because you feel so like imaginative and inspired just walking around down there. Yeah. And I wanted people to feel that way. Well, you did. You set the tone for low country architecture. I mean, and I, I'm sure that the the ARB or Design and Review Board sure. of Bluffton obviously wanted to go that way too. But sure. you were you were on the front of it. Man. Yeah. No, yeah. I wanted to create something that was city meets south, is what I call it. And so, like, there's not a lot of southern cities, but Charleston is as one. And you know, you have that southern front door, front porch ar architecture on the outside of the building, and then you walk inside and you feel like you're in a New York cafe or an LA cafe or something like that. And it gives you that like urban feel. Now, Court Atkins was the architect, and they were our spo right. a sponsor of ours as well. Yep. Now, how much did they have in the? Of course, they had, I'm sure, a lot of input. On sure. The, no, on I the took him some sketches and some drawings. Actually, um, this is going way back, but my buddy Dan and I, um, Sekovic, would sit at his apartment and draw every Friday night for a couple months on his 42-inch. 
TV screen. Oh, really? Uh, and sit in his two little, like, movie chairs or whatever he had and sit there and draw. And so we, I took, actually, a digital version to Court Atkins and said, here's what I think I want. And I had to take get that to take to the banks to mm-hmm. try to give some people an idea of what was in my head. Um, and so the, he took that, and they helped redraw and reform. And, you know, we I drew the, the bar and the kitchen probably 50 times just trying to, to get it right. So um, take me to, through a timeline, because how old is this building, and when did you break ground? How long did it take to get built? And then from that point, once you opened downstairs, how long was it between that okay. and when Roasting Room actually had its first show? Sure. So we opened April 1st, 2009 at the old building. Okay. I spent six months uh, doing research on how to write a business plan, because I'd never written one for our old shop. We started when I was 27 at the old place. And so about three years in, really when I... I realized that I was never going to be able to, I've been doing this for four years at that point. I was never going to be able to make enough money to support my family. So that was the, the like thing that propelled me to take this huge risk because the, the greater risk for me was, Oh crap, I've got to go find a job so I can go take care of my family. But I really love working for myself. I really love coffee. I really love the community and being able to offer this cool cultural thing. So the, the risk of losing what I had built was greater than losing everything you know, so that's what propelled me to, to take that big risk. Which puts you in the 2% of the population. Yeah, no kidding, man. Yeah, I mean, most people would be like, you know what, I got a family. I probably should go sell insurance. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> or really, something really. like, you know. Yeah, like, I'm honestly more. Nothing against insurance people, but that, it's just <laughs> yeah. a safe job, you know. I'm more scared of fear, you know, than I wow, am. Wow, that's a great line. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I, than I am of, of any of the, the fear of not taking a risk. I yeah, guess. no, I'm more you scared know? of fear. It's, it, no, yeah, I, I understand. Right. right. So anyhow, uh, timeline, that was, I think, 2012. Um, and so my daughter was born uh, August 2nd, 2012, which is um, the, uh, shoot, it, it had some significant timeline. But August 2nd, 2013 was our groundbreaking here. So I think August maybe have been when we, the, we closed on the loan, essentially, something mm-hmm. like that. And then the following August, we um, we ground broke officially, and we had a big party and a big band. Do you do you remember being there? Or I was I was at the ground breaking. I don't, yeah. I wasn't at the party though. Yeah, I so we had a there. thing with the Herb Kurzman and Bill Bauer, some of our representatives, and uh, so that was in the morning. And then that night, we had this huge party on this whole grass lot where the roost and everything cool. was, and we got. Uh, Chiggers came out to play, nice. and we drank a couple of um, uh, cases of champagne. I, sp- I did a toast, and we had a big tent rented, and I sprayed a whole bottle at everybody. <laughs> uh, it was epic. <laughs> uh, so uh, July 21st, 2014, we opened the doors. So this is Downstairs. Uh, yeah, downstairs. This is a story that I love to tell if I'm not taking up too much time. Um, this is your podcast, boy. <laughs> yeah, man. This, you've earned this moment, man. Go for it, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's weird for me reliving it, you know, because it, it was so hard and so intense and in the trenches at the moment, you know, and I couldn't barely see the light of day. But, uh, and you just have to take those moments to kind of enjoy and appreciate. But two stories real quick. The first, we, we were so broke. I We had $200 left combined in my savings my personal and my business checking account combined, 200 bucks. That was it. I had borrowed from everybody that I could borrow from. The, the, you know, grandma, the neighbors, mom, right. dad, the whole deal. And we were tapped out. I didn't have money to put food on the shelf or pay staff to work the first week that we were open. 
and I borrowed money from uh, Square, a credit card processing company, six grand, which was all they would lend me to 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 pay for those two things. Uh, and so, but that was like it. And then I owed them the, all that money back in the first three months that we were open, right? And we had two chefs, and they both left the first Saturday that we were open. So then, now I'm the chef for the next oh, ten God. weeks. <laughs> honestly, you know, and they both quit because it was too hard. Yeah. And they were both educated. Like I don't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. But I cut the menu in half, and we just did what we had to do. So, um, but to get to there because we didn't have any money and we had to we the time between the old one and the new one was like hours we closed the other one at uh, noon on a saturday the 20 the 19th we were closed uh all day sunday and then we um we moved everything in saturday afternoon we organized it put it away and prepped on sunday and then we opened monday morning and somewhere in there you probably had your second Child too, right? Yeah. And, well, that, and was, that whole she thing. Was, she was one. Though. She was one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's easy to Actually, have a one-year-old. She year might old, have been so. two. That, <laughs> I'm sure that was that no stress at all. Yeah. Right? No, it was a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had two, two under five. You know, at that point, under, under four. Yeah, because Abigail was, she was what, three? Yeah, they're two years three, apart. Yeah, roughly. She was three. Yeah. So that's it. Not only were you building and doing all this stuff, but you were also running another business, and ha- trying to keep a family I'm working. I'm so I don't know how you did it, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. So, so we were closed for about 18 hours. I, I didn't, we did no uh, soft opening, no, no big announcement opening. On Sunday night, before we were about to open on Monday morning, I put something on Facebook. Hey, we'll be open in the new location tomorrow. And our, our first day open in the new location uh, was better than every day that we'd ever had at our old location. And we've never had less of a day you know we've always had better days it's it's crazy it's the support great. and the community you know what what people have meant to us and there's starbucks is yeah what two miles away from here sure and this Multiple is of them. this is a I, i'm gonna go off on a tirade sure. <laughs> but <laughs> the the story that you've just heard is, is a great story and it's america man it's straight yeah, it's america right. uh, because if you don't support people like this risk right. tape takers I mean, all of the money goes to Starbucks, That's right. and 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 well, it's it incumbent on us as Bluffetonians. Yeah. Um, and I get it. Starbucks has a great little app, and it's maybe they have a drive-through sure. and all that stuff. Do everything you can to support this place, man. I mean, this this when people take these kind of risks to bring something to, like this to life, yeah. they at least deserve your three bucks for. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Thanks. So well, I mean, I'm a well, huge supporter true. of that as well. It's true. Otherwise, it's just going to be Starbucks well, and Target for and the so, rest of your life, man. That's yeah. what you get to look yeah. forward to. For, what man. I say about that is, you know, we're here to, to feed the needs of our family, friends, and neighbors. You know, every day people walk in that are either family members, friends, or, or we live next door on the same street as. And so we have an obligation to serve a good quality product, to, ha- to be friendly, to help people have a, a better day. And so... And then we're doing our best to reinvest that money in our community and, and different nonprofits that people come in asking for help with. Um, I've, I was actually meeting with somebody from uh, an autism foundation just a few minutes ago about something we're going to help them in a project with. And so that's something that some big corporations have on their list. You know, I know Coca-Cola does a lot of things, you know, for, for communities. 
uh, as marketing, but also because they, they never had two hundred dollars in their bank account. They never. Yeah, they were never a good there. Point. <laughs> well, back back in the like yeah, 1910s okay, right. when they were starting, right. but Fine. that was. Yeah, okay. But you know <laughs> that's that's something that we do, and so a lot of our money goes back in the community. We, you know, we buy from farmers. Uh, Granola bars, just a little thing that he's a Matt Frommer is a, a local guy starting his own deal and he makes a great product and you know, so, but yeah, that's, that's big to me and, and making it easy for people. I mean, it's already hard enough to do what we did, but making it from a government standpoint, making it easier for people that have an imagination and an appetite for risk to do stuff like that instead of making it more difficult on them, right. I think is something that we've got a little miles to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Which going this this is the growth part of this town sure. is people are coming in from all over the place so so the growth is exponential and the government is going to take a lot longer to catch up sure and their their modes of operation are going to take longer so yeah i think eventually made a lot it's, of it's going to be much easier and i think it's a scary thing how fast it's developing yeah well, I think and that's part of the well, town without saying i mean this is a horrible transition but you know what's happening in houston right with the horrible sure. floods and devastating and the lost life and it's going to be like right. a horrible horrible thing but also a lot of it has to do with town planning you right. know they looked at you know you're already hearing that discussion and this is happening it's raining sure. as we record this but town planning is 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 important and i'm it sure is. as a business owner it's got to feel like a just nightmare to deal yeah, with it's but hard it's to realize like what's in, what's necessary and what's just right. red tape yeah i understand that but yeah. but it is important and but it keeps the aesthetic how it is. If, yeah. if it weren't here, if those if those regulations weren't in place, yes, at the time when, when I was I was right in the middle of it, you know, with you when you sure. were building, and I was doing all kinds of stuff. And it was it was. I can but, only imagine, man. But yeah. w- once the product was done and it was done the way that they wanted it to be done, sure. if it would have been done differently, you wouldn't have the bluffton that you have. That's right. So I I do see there's a, such a big, you know, this this big unspoken undercurrent yeah. of 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 good local policies, good governmental policies that just aesthetically... we got to protect this little nice. thing called Bluffton. Yeah, yeah no, that's it's, right. It's, it's a special well, and, you thing. Know, yeah. This is probably not a great uh, rapid trail, but parking, people talk about every day, sure. all the day, you know, all the time. Sure. And, you know, it's an issue. But you know what uh, occurred to me not too long ago is if we had done parking differently, the whole town would be different. You know, it, it would feel like, say, everybody had enough spaces in front of their business to park at. It would feel more like the Best Buy parking lot, mm-hmm. where you just go into this big parking lot, and then there's businesses all around it. Or, like, maybe Tanger Outlets, even though it's still pretty walkable. There's lots of parking, but you have concentrated areas of – and I don't think we want that. I don't think we want no. that either. You know, no, I, no. I want a place where maybe it's a hassle a little bit of the time, but I get to walk back and forth to my friends' businesses and – places i like to go hang out yeah and walking's not a bad thing it turns you. out it's actually good it, for it, you and, <laughs> and it actually supports of course, unless it's pouring rain i get that sure. right but yeah. and you know what on the other side of that i park here probably two three times a day and i rarely walk more than 25 30 steps to get into the building yeah yeah you know, so it's yeah i think it's a mirage i think i think it's a problem that people when they're when they're trying to come here at 7 p.m on right. friday it's hard sure it's hard right, because right. there's tons That's of people crunch. trying to do it but yeah it's it's not like there's but it's only worth it it is. You know, somebody told me the other day, like, Hardyville has a real parking problem. Like, they don't have enough cars in the parking lot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or other places, problem. you yeah. know, maybe not just Hardyville, but, like, yeah, like we don't – the problem is smaller than what right. we would yeah. have if we didn't yeah. have the problem. That's right. It hasn't, it hasn't stopped people, even though they may say that it does. Sure. It doesn't stop people from coming right. down here, and it won't. And I think there's other creative ways to – 
for us all to be a part of that. You know, maybe we take some car spaces and turn them into golf cart spaces, mm-hmm. or yeah. we try to focus more on, on taking bike rides down here, walking, whatever. Yeah. And you know, the bike the bike taxi is a great idea. Right. Um, and having parking. And they got new valet down there now too. Right. And parking over by the by the post office is far to walk. Right. But if you have a bike taxi or a, or a service to get you downtown well think about like down in Caligny you know there's that dude who runs that big old red shuttle does yeah. he still do that yeah yeah why, why I mean why can't eventually sure if parking is okay that dude or someone like him create a little business where yeah. it's a it's a, it's a one dollar a head yeah. transport you they know will. drive and, and yeah. it'll, it'll come to that Absolutely. it will and and if you're listening there's a great little business for yeah, you. Go for it. <laughs> go no. for it, man. It'd because, be great. Because they did open up the Bluffton bike taxi to, to operate. Sure. They opened that up. They allowed that to happen. That's great. You know, the and town allowed that. I'm so sure it's I'm helped. sure that's going to be, once once they can get a foothold, there will be competition eventually. Yeah. It's great. It's just kind of how it works. So roasting room, you know, this is kind of the second part uh, of building out this whole thing. We got Corner Perk open, and in my head, like, we got all the space upstairs that is blank and I walk up here every day and look at it and it just makes me sad because I'm like there's miss there's a missed opportunity missed potential and even though it's only been six months of us like opening (laughs) the corner perk and really I should just be like concentrated on trying to make it run at optimum I just can't stand to see this room empty um and I want to create something again uh because that's my the most fun I have doing stuff like this so I'm already like we're six months in. I barely got my like bills paid, and I'm like going to banks again, trying to find money to finish <laughs> out the space upstairs, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, so and I think it's going to be simple and small and easy, and and it could have been I guess if we just put some sheetrock up and painted it. But I found this really cool wood that was at a local thrift store, and then the story goes. Is that, and you can see, like, if you look at the A4 over there by the mm-hmm. fire thing. Yeah, I've seen some over here, right here. C3 yeah. And, so right. it's all from a studio lot of a um, uh, commercial series that American Spirit Cigarettes uh, did. Uh, BFG, the local um, graphic company, did it with them. And I think it was some documentary, or I'm not quite sure what, I've heard different stories. But we got all of the wood from all of the walls, the base of the bar, mm-hmm. um, the stuff behind the, the bottles on the bar. The, all the barrels from under the tables and the boxes from under the stage, we all fabricated to fit into this room. Jordan and I did. He, he did most of it. You should have seen him carrying up these eight-foot pieces of wood pretty much single-handedly up the stairs. It was Not single-handedly. Those things were very heavy. Oh, my so, God. But, but what's, what's the connection between you two? Did you guys know each other for a long time we before this? Church of the Cross, I think. Yeah, you were the... Six years ago. You were probably still the... Were you still the youth pastor? I might have been just... Maybe just getting out of up. It? Yeah. I was the youth minister at Church of the Cross. I didn't know that years oh, ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we were um, we we became buddies. You were you yeah. were in this kind of run with the same group. We had similar aged kids. I yep. think your daughter was really She's close, close to, to age Jack's and age. Jack. Yeah, um, so that that really kind of started there, and then um, built a friendship. Yeah, you know, he, he came in the corner park all the time, and we just got to know each other. And I like coffee. He like <laughs> I like music. I like good coffee. <laughs> got and it. So we just hung out, and then. Uh, I realized, oh, you know what it was? Uh, at the old shop, I realized how good of a plumber and electrician you were. Right. You're a plumber? <laughs> no. So I realized how, and I looked up to him. Like, he's like Superman. And, he's and super he's handy. Super yeah. Hum- yeah. humble about it. And he hates when I talk about it. But this guy is a stay-at-home dad. He's a music musician by night, rock star. You know, he's he's a fabricator. He, he can put um, solder, copper parts 
plumbing, electrical, woodworking. So I just kind of sit back and watch. He's a, he's and a real Renaissance And he's like four dude. years younger than me. Yeah. So I'm like, look at this guy. Look so at I'm him just go. trying to be like him. You That's know? cool, man. It's getting weird. All right. So where, where, are we at? <laughs> where are we at now? So uh, so you proposed to Jordan, and he said yes. And, and he said yes. <laughs> okay. So we, spent, so we spent the rest of 2015 building, actually hands and, hands and knees, building Corner Perk together. You know, we put all the walls up together. Uh, I spray painted all of the black you see on the ceiling on uh, a couple, of, you know, twenty feet up in the yeah, air. Yeah, we did the, the roasting room stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 not the corner perk stuff. Yeah. Although we did the did the lights downstairs. Yeah, Jordan yeah. and I, mostly him. Yeah, you built those custom light fixtures. Yeah, right? those are all, those those are, that's are right. When you go into corner perk, look up. That's mm-hmm. that's that's Jordan yeah. Ross's handiwork right. there. Nice. Well, and Clayton Colloran also made the light fixture in the back. Yep, and this one right up here yep. over the uh, bar. And that was at the old old coffee shop. As mm-hmm. Things well. don't work out. You can go into light fixtures. You're good. Yeah, at we it. were yeah. seriously yeah. considering. <laughs> yeah. And when we imagined it, in my head at least, I think we hoped it would be more. But there's, a, like, whatever risk there is associated with the coffee business, like multiply times twenty for a music. Oh gosh. Business, a, a, right. Yeah, for the music venue business. Because oh, I mean, especially an original music. Yeah. Our our artists make, you know, between five hundred and whatever $2,500 yeah. you know it's not like I'm gonna pay 200 bucks for some guy to come play at my bar no it, it's a different level yeah. of risk and, and to be able to to charge for tickets to see great people in a town where nobody has done that and no one's done see that any all. music yeah. just straight off the bone is that was wild so we thought maybe we'll do it once or twice a month that was kind of what we imagined and then you know we booked a couple of shows uh, we booked a uh, a uh, grand opening and that was and Angie Apparel, right? Angie Apparel yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was insane, you know. Sold it out. Yeah, and we were like, "Dude, we did it!" So, yeah. so basically, we're like, "All right, let's do it again next weekend." And then <laughs> that's the right answer. That that's really the right it. answer. Yeah, yeah. That's the right answer. And then the next weekend, we said the same thing. And then before you know it, we had launched into two or three nights a week of uh, really spectacular shows, and we we're like, "This is going so well." Let's do it five nights a week. Turns out we're not quite ready for that. Yeah, yet. you're not ready no. for that. Yeah. But we tried it. But we tried it. We tried it and we, we failed at it. And that well, was you okay. didn't fail. You just changed. Well, well we, I'm okay with saying we failed. We failed. I think so. No, it's okay to fail. We failed because we didn't, realize, we didn't realize at the time that it was extremely important to have scarcity. I, I remember your, having this conversation yeah, with you yeah. at, at, when I played at your church. Scarcity one time. is okay. Scarcity oh, is good. It was challenging. We yeah. were losing five to eight grand a month don't do for that. a couple yeah, of months. It was, it not was, good. And we and couldn't do it anymore. I'm not, I don't have an MBA, but I know that's bad. Yeah. We well, shouldn't do that. As soon as there was no money in the bank account, I realized yeah. that pretty quickly. Exhibit yeah. $200. Yeah, <laughs> right. Start back, dial back. So, But the challenging thing about that was, uh, and, and we almost lost it all again, but was uh, we had bands booked out for three months. And a business owner would say, you know, on my end, we can't do this. We got to cancel some of these acts. And we really fought with that. And, and Jordan, really looking out for the musicians and the reputation and things like that, figured out a way to make it work, to continue to honor those, to get us through to the next part where, because we can't, like, if I want to go down and change my whole menu tomorrow because I realize it's not working, I can do that. But in a music industry where you're booked right. out three or four months in advance, you, that's a death sentence. And I mean, I get it now, yeah. but yeah. I mean, that was insightful and, and it took guts. And well, just, just <laughs> knowing that. that when you sign a contract to somebody, you're kind of obligated to, to, to uphold that contract. Right. And w- 
musicians are a they're a chatty bunch. Yeah, they're you know, chatty. You, you get one, you get one, you know, act in here that that feels like they got slided or they got canceled on, and that just even if, even if it was justifiable, right. yeah. the reputation starts. That's right. You know, so what we ended up doing, and this was luckily it worked out really well. The people that we had to, we just we just punted. We punted the contracts mm-hmm. a full year later. Mm-hmm. We're like, we 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 like the fact that you're coming, but we can't honor your contract at this at. In April, Got we're going to need to see you in February of next year. Mm-hmm. You know, is that okay? We, I mean, I had to. It was a lot of emails. And a few well, they have calls. to understand when you're starting something and they like do. this. Yeah, I mean, and they did, and that was the beauty of it. They, they were, they really thought that you know, at least I didn't cancel their contract. That was a good it move. Was the, it was the best thing that they could have done um, at the time. So we, we, we were able to save that money for another time, and it worked out because we by then yeah. we we just took a risk. We're like, you know, I think in a year we're going to be fine. You know, we'll be okay. We'll That's make right. it. We'll make it work, and we did. Well, but to have a business in with such prime real estate like this one, and only be open two days a week. I mean, again, yeah. you you know, if you go down and you talk to your business friends, they're right. going to say that's crazy, sure. man. But yeah, it's working. It's a so, hobby. It's, it's a fun hobby. Well, yeah, we we realized that. We realized two things. One, uh, is this a bar or is it a music venue? And that was a pivotal moment for us at that time when we decided it's a music venue. So let's start running it as a music venue, and we're not trying to boost bar sales. The bar is basically the coolest concession stand on the face of the earth for the music venue. Yeah, that's well said. And so then we realized a little bit later, is this um, a business that we're trying to make a living off of, or is it um, a hobby that the, the importance of it for the town and the importance for of it for the culture of this area is more important to the us than making money off of it. And we both have kids, and I get up early for coffee, and he gets up early with, with kids and other right. and for church. And so it's not a thing that we can both, either of us can put a lot of our evenings into. So realizing all that, and not wanting to give up on this crazy dream of, of having something, and knowing that in a couple more years, it will be to where every single night is sold out, to where you know, multiple nights of the week, we have different things. Um, you know, it's all just a matter of time. Yeah, we took the we took the model of, of Eddie's Attic, and we tried to. You know, we we were like, hey, they do they do two shows a night for seven nights a week. Well, right. they also have, but they've been they're in the middle of Atlanta. Years. There's a couple Atlanta. more people and they've been there, doing so. it for thirty years. Right, right, that's right. So having that, you know, having that in the back of our minds, like you know, we we can still. We can start small. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to start small. It's okay. It's okay to have scarcity. It's okay to, yeah, to not to not be open all the time. Right. Because then you can only come up here on Fridays and Saturdays. You can only get the the best bourbon selection in town only during the during that time. Right. Well, and I remember talking to you about this too, it, where it's more important that the experience is second to none. Mm-hmm. You don't want to dilute. The experience, the experience of the roasting room, just to have more of it. You know, right, th- right. as soon as you do that, you have less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've, and we finally have come to that point where that's that's what we do. Yeah, you know? do do it, do it really well. really well. Yeah, yeah well. when you're able. And if you can't, then don't do it as much. Just right. when you yeah. do it, do it really well. Yeah. And people, right. again, we've talked about the trust thing and the people who come back here and they just know that it's going to be cool. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible the the um, the few amount of negative reviews i mean we've i could count maybe three negative reviews that i've heard from this place in a year and a half did you ever listen to seth or read seth godin yeah seth godin is like a start great, with why yeah, yeah yeah purple cow right? yeah. he's a 
great marketing guy, but he's 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 almost like it's almost like a religion yeah. because it's just a different way of thinking and it's it's smart thinking. Mm-hmm. But he had something and he said about the negative reviews. I mean, if you think about how many people come in here, yeah. And thousands, thousands over the course, Tens of thousands. and we're talking about three. Right. And the fact that you're even referencing right. three negative reviews is is preposterous. That's it's crazy. insane. Well, I mean, like, like who cares? Like, who cares right. about the ne- go I mean, go away? If you have a negative review and you're not willing to accept that human nature is flawed and sometimes right. people have <laughs> bad days, then then you need to really work on that yourself. Yeah, you need to work right. on that. right. Yeah, yeah, they they had something else going on. Yeah. But we do use we do use feedback. I mean, like like sure. every business does. I mean, there was there was feedback when we first started. Of, <laughs> it. I love your idea. I would love to have you know lower seating. We'd like to have tables that we can all all of those things. It was it was very constructive. I think the people that were the people that were here right away that that you know we just we had to learn from constructive criticism and be able to take it and do something with it and do it in a in a timely fashion. Do it in in a you know. Do it in a way that we can that we can continue to to grow, to monetize, to to not get too sunk into the details, and it can really you know tear you up. And I, when I step back and make it a hobby, it's like all right, well, it's not the end of the world. I'm not trying to feed my mm-hmm. children with making roasting room work. Luckily, you're a musician, so you're loaded. So, so I think well, right, yes, <laughs> loaded. loaded. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> but mm-hmm. making you know making sure that that you know I can still do my job, do, do the, the musician job on the weekends and have yeah. guys like Isaac come in, sure. uh, Isaac Smith out. come in right. and be the, the lead engineer and still uh, create a quality product. It's just it's yeah. awesome. And, and to go to Isaac, um, he went on a tour recently and went to New York City, mm-hmm. went to Connecticut, went to Boston, Charlotte, and came back and said, you should be very proud of what you have here. Yeah, no doubt. The, he played listening rooms in big cities. He's wow. played listening rooms in Connecticut. He's like, they they, they have nothing on this place. It's super right. rare. The I knitting mean, factory. All I mean, it's just a room. And yeah. They're just rooms. Just rooms. Right, yeah. But the, the 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 atmosphere, the quality that that the band comes in and they they are met with someone that mm-hmm. is happy to see them, someone that's going to they know they're going to be taken them. care of. Yeah. You know, that's that's surprisingly rare. It which is, is just. It's hard to believe. It's hard to, th- to even think that that's like that. But it well, is. it's I don't care what your product is, whether you're selling coffee or or have a music venue or whatever or freaking, selling insurance. It doesn't matter. Five percent better. Be five percent better than everybody. I, I'd say this to. Uh, yeah. It's it doesn't matter what you do. Do it five percent better, and that five percent difference will make all the difference in your. Everyone will notice that five percent, and that's it's right. not that much harder to go that extra mile. But do it, you know. Yeah. Well, and everywhere you go, um, no this matter. This is a marketing class today. Sorry, dude. <laughs> this is marketing one on one. I love this. No, we're gonna. It's good. But it's it's all business. Well, stuff, and right? yeah. and uh, excellence never goes unnoticed. You know, it doesn't matter how educated or uneducated you are, and how much world and life experience you have. That's right. Whether you know, you're drinking uh, coffee again or, or watching music, you, you can appreciate the fact that somebody put a lot of work into that. Even if you don't understand, people can come and eat, not knowing anything about music or sound, say, that place sounds amazing and it's yeah. a really something special. Yeah. Cool. Just like if I could explain to y'all what's in my head for the next five, ten years, like it, would, some of it would hurt. You it would, to, it would scare me. Well, it would scare you. Hold on to your hats. Is all I can say. Yeah, yeah. I can't talk about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a hat business. 
What's that? A hat business. <laughs> a hat business, yes. It's, yeah, it's called Hold On <laughs> oh, yeah. To Your Hat. Is that yeah. what it is? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe no one thought of it. It's Did I strange. tell you about my new business? Uh, <laughs> I'm scared of this. <laughs> you should be. Ready for the punchline. Uh, we're going to go into the barbecue business. The what? The barbecue business. Okay. It's going to be called the Corner Pork. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hit it. <laughs> but I'm well, you, can, you can insert a rhythm shop there. Yeah, yeah. You? In post. <laughs> you can make that happen. <laughs> oh, and then I'm going to do a hair salon uh, called the Corner Perm. Corner Perm? Yeah. I'm telling you, man. You got them all the I think people, are... then you could uh, parking garage the Corner Park. Ooh, that would also be a good, good one. Ah. <laughs> I've already got that, but it's going to be more like a, an actual green space. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we can all agree that this thing that's been created is is really something that is that is so necessary to the to the burgeoning culture in Bluffton and I think you know with with this here in the next five years it'll it'll feel like this was this been here the whole time yeah like this is such a part of the community even though it's only been here a year and a half sure um, so I think we're we're definitely on the right track well it's <clears throat> it's meant so much to the artists I come up here and I'm talking to the artists before the show or after and they just feel so happy and comfortable and and like they're just they're playing to their friends for a night is kind of what the response that I get is and I'm going to go tell everybody I know to come back and play here whenever they're on tour yeah and so it's happened that alone is like fantastic along with just listening to the the banter between show uh, between sets or after the show of the the crowd that has come and maybe their kids are playing or or maybe they are, are learning about a new artist and they're just blown away by the, the caliber, the level of quality, you know, how many people we've had from Nashville, from L.A., from New York that have come and played here and said, that's the best place I've ever played or, you know, that's the best song or show I've ever seen. Uh, that tells me alone that this is something that's so much bigger than us. And totally. it's so important for this town. And, and who knows, in a couple of years, like you said, um, Bluffton may be known for a burgeoning music scene. Possible. I've heard from uh, bars down the street as well that now are getting in um, traveling musician acts, putting that effort, that extra effort and time into finding a, a higher level of caliber quality artists to bring to the area to sort of loosely, air quotes, compete with us and what we're doing but i think really what they're doing is saying hey i get what you guys are doing and i appreciate it and we want to be a part of it yeah and i love that which is great that's what we that's what we kind of set out to do is like right. let's let's raise the bar yep. let's show people that it's possible to do and let's see what happens sure let's i mean the it. more the better i don't feel like compete is a bad word in that no. in that sense no because we'll continue doing what we're doing yeah and there's plenty of people out there sure. that, 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 to draw from. And, and it's a niche. And your timing is good because the music industry is such a mess and yeah. it continues to evolve. And this That's is right. um, a perfect sort of outlet for this new evolution of small emerging artists who aren't afraid to get in their van and just travel around. Sure. And so there are more and more of those people. And there's not so many of these roasting rooms or, or things Absolutely. like this. And so your timing is really I'd good. I'd say there's only 10 to 20 small music venues across the country that I'm aware of. Oh, there's a lot of them. Are there's there? a lot of them, but yeah. they're, they're not all very good, but there's a sure. lot of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're around. They're, they're around. But, however, they're not only open on Friday and Saturday nights. Right. They're not above a coffee shop. <laughs> That's right. They don't have 170 bourbons on the wall. And an amazing podcast. And they don't have an amazing That's podcast. Correct. And they don't <laughs> have our smiling faces That's there. That's right. So, well, thanks for having me. I think we're one in a kind. We absolutely are. Thanks for coming on, Josh. 
It's a fantastic interview. Story's it's been really awesome. fun talking to you. Happy to be here. Hey, we'll see you down at the corner perk. I'll be there. Should we mention uh, that we're going to give away a small coffee to anyone that mentions this interview or the Let's podcast? Let, let Josh do it. Should we? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'd love to have you guys uh, to, to meet some of the listeners to the podcast. So, yeah. you, know, you know, in exchange for your effort of coming to the coffee shop, uh, we'd love to give you a, a free coffee or uh, half off uh, one of our espresso-based drinks. They've got a coupon code down in there. Just mention that you uh, heard on Roasting Room soundboard podcast um, that you could have a free coffee and we'd love to, to meet you and 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 uh, share yeah. that with you yeah love it super nice but this is a limited time right for now yeah, yeah. just for just for know, a couple more weeks we're exactly. gonna, or to Labor Day I guess it's really only to one Labor week Day. Yeah. but maybe we'll do something like this at like the last week of every month sure. or who we'll knows see. we'll yeah. figure it out right the more listeners the better absolutely definitely hey thanks Josh thank you thanks this has been a Roasting Room Soundboard Extra.